Welcome back. The 11th day of War Horse. The thing about the 11th day is that I know there's some quite a few writers in the audience, listenership. The 12th day is not your climax. The 11th day is. Because the 12th day has to be your your come down, your resolution. You can maybe tie a few things up then, but really, you tie it up in the 11th, if you're using a 12th act structure. Uh, 12's pretty useful, I think, because you've got first, middle, end, and you can then subdivide those by four Not a bad way to go. Get uh, some some midland house cleaning stuff out of the way here first. I want to be the first to go on record to say that I think what's going to happen with Argentina is that that is going to be a. Uh, that country is going to be cleared out in a, something similar to like Singapore. It's going to be a spot for your 10 to 20 millionaires um, to escape to in coming, you know, next seven years. I think that explains the various contradictions with the new president, his little tiny hat, and um, the fact that he's getting away with it. You'll recall similar efforts were crushed immediately. Now whether this character, this wolfman-like creature, uh, is playing, it seems possible, honestly, to me, because uh, he seems wily enough to have gone into an agreement with those little hat-wearing powers that be and what those vestiges of the Anglo-American establishment. I mean, I, I don't even think there... I'm not sure there's anything coherent left there, but perhaps it really is coming down to what do they call it the committee of 300 or some such bullshit I think that um, he may be actually playing you know the long double uh, reverse game I think that there's a certain 
combination of personality traits there that would make that possible. That he's willing to, and and he knows, okay, I have to subjugate myself, make myself the tool of these people in order to be left alone, to clear some sort of pathway. I got to be honest with you. It's not even really that interesting to me. I'm not leaving. I don't plan on... I may have $10 million. Crazier shit has happened than a man making the pivot from routinely staking out this uh, strangely... It's like Olive Garden. It's like the Mexican Olive Garden. The fucking place is always hopping. No matter what day, no matter what time. It makes you wonder what they're really cooking up in there. Okay, so uh, urns. Good God. You can't give an urn away. I swear to Christ. Now, they are, they are expensive, I understand. But I've made allowances for this. I have, I have uh, implied various discounts. I'm I'm a man in a position to wheel and deal on the finest urns in the world. But the truth is, I uh, I came across strangely uh, just serendipity, I suppose, an example of your standard fucking urn, and it's exactly it's a little teeny tiny one. I'll post a photo of it to keep up with the multimedia aspect of this novel podcast. Which only works if you're paying very, very close attention and you're plugged into all of the social media. But anyway, this thing's like two inches tall and it's but it's a perfect replica of what you're gonna get, you know, for seventy-five. Or really they're more like a hundred and seventy-five. The thing is worth not even seven dollars. Pot metal dog shit like cheapest possible fucking enamel straight out of China with that Chinese crappy cardboard they can't even you know they can't even make decent cardboard I guess because it's just every fucking penny must be absorbed alright so um, that's the story there no job. No job at all. I wasn't really expecting it. I mean, the thing about getting shit canned at Christmas, there's a couple of them. But, you know, if I suppose if you're in a union or something, you have a strong network, you're staying in the same city even, boom, ba boom, blah, blah, blah. You can make your moves. Uh, and it may, you know, you could probably create yourself at least a temporary situation. So it sucks for the family. It sucks for the po- the the pocketbook. But really it sucks because by about the ninth, I mean, probably not even then, it's really pushing back towards in truth Thanksgiving. If they you know, if everybody sits at work for eight hours a day, but really only about an hour and a half of real work gets done and everyone knows it, uh, and 
Unless you work with your hands and your body, in which case, fuck you. Incredible how that works. I'm really not willing... I think that you can you can go ahead and argue otherwise, and I don't care. You don't care either. That there's no fairness to this world, that there's no justice... And this is the most obvious tell on the part of nearly every conservative that you run into, a red, right, whatever the fuck you dipshits call yourselves. If you lack honor, which you do, and if you don't adhere to, like, real justice, what the fuck are you, you're, what are you about? You're about exactly what, what your, quote, enemy is about total lazy dog shit as, as long as you can farm it out to somebody else to do it. I think I've talked about this feature of Phoenix before and I'm sure this is evidenced in other places, McKinney and areas of Texas. Nothing quite like this have I seen before though where you already have within the city limits numerous Oranias. You're aware of Orania, this white-only walled community. Hey, was it in Johannesburg? or I'm not sure which large city it's um, near. It's, I think it's about 10 years old, maybe a little more, and they've got their own water system, their own electricity, their own food supply, etc. And it's long been um, the case that the notion of, you know, the walled community, I mean, fuck, that's been a thing literally in America for, you know, quite some time, 20, 30 years. In Phoenix, however, the very interesting thing is that the demographics here are something like 60% white. Very, They want to tell you there's maybe 5 or 7% black here. It's not that high, I don't think. I think it's more like 3. The rest is Latino. And you know these people have been here for two generations at least uh, a lot of many 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 of them longer than that nobody in these communities is Hispanic not one almost nobody in these communities is from Phoenix I'm, I should look into what the demographics are but it is it's got, I mean, it's maybe less than 5%. I'm certain it's less than 10. I've run around several of these places a fair bit, and I've not even heard rumor of a native Phoenician living here. All of them are boomers. They're all fucking bo- Most of these places I'm talking of are actually like, um, maybe they're not they're not quite 55 and over communities but there are 
or very carefully worded laws against uh, children. So it's like, it's not a family place, right? It's a place for people to retire. And the ages, I would say it starts at about 40 and goes all the way up to at death's door. The Hispanic, the Hispanic community makes its presence known in the same way that it's known elsewhere. They come and do the work. I'm curious, very curious, what is going to happen in the next 18 months with respect to um, this massive uh, I guess the polite way to say it would be like a commingling. <laughs> I think it's a little bit excessive to say an invasion. I mean, it's not inaccurate. But isn't it a stunning fucking thing to watch? If you just, you know, if you're like me, you see this shit, you've seen it coming for fucking almost 20 years. You're kind of like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but... Every once in a while, I will admit, my uh, I can dial back the um, the cynicism and the apathy just long enough to maybe sneak a little glimpse of the larger picture, and it is one hell of a fucking thing that is going down. I mean, one hell of a thing in the fact that it's allowed to happen, that the response is so fucking impotent. Do you remember when we mentioned this, uh, this moment between James Hurley and um, Laura Palmer? In the movie, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. I've recently reconfigured the war horse, by the way. I like to drive, I like to move down the road with my tools. I don't want to be fucking reaching, you know, back into the back seat with dogs and kids' toys and whatever other shit might be back, you know, groceries even. And I like, you can only do so much because you have to consider all these different factors, right? If you do get pulled over, do you really want a fucking gun in your lap? Do you even want it? You definitely don't want it visible. <laughs> fucking, you don't want to do that. You almost don't want anything visible. I used to have this broken um, pipe wrench right down here on this uh, this little cubby that you have on your on your door. That's a sweet little stash spot. I finally let that go. Anyway, this is neither here nor there. You remember James Hurley. You remember Laura Palmer. You remember this implication that this is a critical moment that is 
I think, unexaminable. It, it cannot be parsed out from a normal kind of point of view. I don't think that um, if you sat down David Lynch and Mark Frost combined, they could give you the whole story. I think they would wind down into, it's, it's cool. This is how I envisioned him. I like it this way. Something fairly closed. Which in any other show just may be the case, but it's not the case here. This particular scene is sort of emulated and mirrored and um, not quite sure how they did it, honestly. But it, it, some version of it is in the regular, the, the stuff that aired on television. And this is a critical fucking moment. I'll try and give as much background as may be necessary. So this is the night that Laura Palmer dies. Bob has shown up. As we find out in the movie, she has already visited in dreams uh, something like the place where Judy lives something alluding to uh, I think I hit the mic there sorry um, it's it's not quite tied up as far as I can tell that this is the place where uh, Mike and Bob used to live above the convenience store and do their killing. I don't think this place, in the same way that later on the gas station sort of emerges as something that exists in the world, almost if you have the right access codes, but you're not going to see it otherwise. You would you would find something similar in a million other movies, but it's not quite going to be hand. It's not going to be handled quite the same way that Lynch handles it. You have to be, I think, gifted with certain spiritual characteristics at, you know, in the sense that, in the way that uh, Cooper identifies Garland Briggs as a man in possession of certain gifts. Clearly, Briggs goes on to play this massive role that no one else could play basically floating in the psychosphere for 25 years um, but also outside of time not in the not in the red room not in the black lodge kind of associated with the white lodge but I don't I never really got the impression that he was like a permanent fixture there or anything Okay, what does this scene have to do with the electric guitar? What does it have to do with the AR-15 and Camp 38? This is the subject matter of the conclusion of this series. In order to get into this, fuck, I might need some air conditioning. I've got water as my, my beverage of choice. Sometimes you just gotta go to the, the original. Pardon me. <clears throat> Don't you love that noise? <coughs> it's the Yeti. 
get a gallon. Mm. Probably worth a hundred bucks, I suppose. I don't know. All right. So, first thing we need to examine is the father-son relationship. That's right. So, in this era, you're talking about the silent or the greatest generation, the boomers, and Gen X, mostly. Bobby, Laura, um, Donna, the rest. These are, these are Gen Xers. This is my generation. I am on the, I suppose, the slightly, the back end of it. The tail end. This may be hard for a lot of you to hear. I don't know. But we're going to have to just be as raw with it as possible. In the aggregate, what it appears to me that happened in 1946 around this era. Let's just take that as a sort of center point for the boomer, the, the boomer generation. We've talked, we've established that this is too more famous than, you know, being, being born this era, uh, this year was World War II winding down and the addition of the atomic weapon. You guys all know that shit. You're much better at history than I am. Something was signaled to the grown man at that era, so it's silent or greatest, that the era of, or let's say the, even the final whiff of the individual man possessing something like the God-given right to do violence, righteous violence, where and when it is called for, is... In his soul, he understands something just changed and it's over. We've had two within, you know, just a couple of decades, this new creature, mass mechanized war, has set the stage for this. And then, and enters the demon, as we know. Whether that's Bob, Judy, or fucking something that's been here a lot longer. Maybe they, maybe the thing that was here for a lot longer brought that in when they saw the opening. This understanding created an unconscious sort of shame. A debilitating, world-changing, defining, and, and almost totally ineffable. I, I, don't, I don't think that you're ever going to hear these pieces put together in this way anywhere else. When this happened for these men, these grown men who had seen war or what have you, they had seen hard times. Almost all of them, you know, would have, even if you were wealthy, you would have used your hands. You're not going to have this soft baby skin, fat fucking bullshit that every middle class faggot can have now. No fucking way. Yeah, maybe the Astors and the fucking the Rock of the Rockefellers or whatever. But dude, nothing in the middle, nothing. Even those guys could prob you know probably had to uh, saddle their own horses or something, right? Go with me here. Keep in mind, I have to watch fucking mirrors constantly, and the 
And I'm on the clock with the Bureau, for Christ's sake. I'm supposed to be working. I am. This is the job, actually. So, this psychic um, fissure, you know? I mean, a fucking... void is opened in the souls or closed or something you know but there's a finality and a certainty to this that can only can I don't think that a lot of dudes were running around you know in uh, McKinney fucking Texas or Coos Bay Oregon or fucking uh, Boone North Carolina or Jackson Michigan or anywhere fucking else thinking in quite these but I think at the same time that they would have felt this frustration and this knowing that like huh on one level the world got smaller on the on another level our lives became t- less valuable than they even were before and meaning of the sacrifice diminished now did they understand something like the primordial sanctity of the mano mano Camp 38-style duel? Yeah, in their hearts, in their cells, in their blood. Everybody's always, always fucking known that. You know it. I know it. But putting all these pieces together was very unlikely. And then voicing those to the sun, which is where this goes. So... This man is a father. How does he view his son? But other than through the lens of pity. And in pity, that son is confused. And in the confusion and the pity are transferred the shame. So the son understands in this he doesn't understand you know if the world of feelings even though all these fucking childless fucking dipshits on the internet and probably fatherless as well want to tell you like well and you can't say like you know the truth and it is the truth so let me be clear here back up two steps there's a lot to uh, lay down here in 20 minutes It's true that nobody cares about your feelings. Not your mom, not your wife. Your kids actually do. Think about it. If you had a father, you're a lucky motherfucker, but if you had one that was worth a shit, such that he could even kind of still... You know, did he preserve this thing that I'm alluding to, this what's called the the heart strength or if you know in orthodoxy protect your heart fucking this rhythmic power the resonance that reaches beyond the concrete and the chinos and the fucking pizza franchise well i think that that had taken a lot of damage for already a few centuries but 
what is communicated at that level is wordless. And so it's very confusing. And there's nothing more complicated than the relationship between a father and a son. Forget about, I mean, man and wife. Like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. Go through them. Tell me I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. The point is, the, the son, which who is the boomer, understands in some sense, not, not a clarity, not a perfect like knowing, but he takes from this that he is a shameful creature somehow in the eyes of his father. How does that exactly work? It's the reflection of the eye to the other eye. Eye and eye, fucking jaw Rastafari. Dude, that's why I say there's nothing more complicated than the relationship between the father and the son. You've heard of the studies where the child, the boy is separated from the father. They run into each other 50 years later. Same mannerisms, same fucking postures, same predilections, same vocabulary. Our generation, you know, well, no, I better, I better, for, my, for the sake of this holding together at all, I, I will force myself to not deviate, but to just simply methodically go through these. Okay, so the boomer, it takes on this sense, right? Now, how accurate that is is kind of irrelevant because it's in the aggregate. Many of those uh, examples, they they just are going to voice that. Like, you're a shameful motherfucker. I'm not proud of you. You Now, this is largely, in large part, it is projection from the father. I don't have the ability anymore to determine who lives and who dies. And that is fucking shameful at the blood level. This is a God-given right. But at the blood level, I'm a, I know I'm a piece of shit now. And you know what? So are you, son. I'm not going to tell you that. And I am, as the, as the elder in this thing, I'm going to be genuinely, deeply, catastrophically, titanically conflicted. And this is going to generate further confusion and, and self-hatred and shame. So... Everything was set just up perfectly for that boomer, you know, when he gets to be 16 or 26 or 36, what have you, to, and every fucking one of them did in one way or another, except a role in the so-called culture, you know, cultural revolution or whatever of the 60s and 70s. Every fucking one. Whether that was they changed their the way they dressed and they just pushed a little off to the right of the super hippie or they went full bore in and fucking developed a commune. It doesn't matter. They were all, all, all wrapped up in playing that role. Say whatever the fuck you want about your Lee Greenwood and your fucking, you know, beer swilling crazy uncle uh, from Appalachia or um, you know northern Nevada or whatever they are playing in that context and they are not immune to it just like you and I are not immune 
to uh, fresh farm fucking produce and authentic Mexican cuisine or cardboard pizza from the hot walk. You were, you're fucking saturated in it, dude. Okay, so we made it through two steps. What does this do to you, Generation X? Um, if you're not, I know there's a lot of listeners that are like, fuck you, what about whatever you guys are, Zoomers or Millennials or whatever. You're bathing in a fractal of that, okay? So every bit of this still applies to you. It's just going to be fractured so that it's not this, uh, you know, you can do your own math here. And I want to make sure, I want to make clear that even though your dad loves you and, you know, you may love your dad and that's all fine and good. This is the milieu, the aggregate milieu that the narrative arrives in. And insofar as there has to be some piece of this where the father is, you know, the priest of the house. I'm not talking about your orthodoxy and your Protestantism and all this other horseshit. This is just a natural fucking thing. This extends from the notion that, you know, the father is the leader. The father is the final word because he has to, he is the one who will sacrifice his life for these decisions. He's fully responsible. If you are married and you have a kid, I think you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you know, and you disagree, you probably, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you don't even need to have a kid, uh, you know, or a wife to figure this out. It's once again, in the blood, in the natural kind of order of this thing. There you go. There's your nod to the millennial Zoomer contingent. You, this all applies to you. You're just falling in a, you know, as the fractal grows, you never quite know, like, how the fuck did it do that? It just went into the next thing. That, it's just like this. You're not exempt. You're not a special case. You didn't, they didn't skip a generation. They didn't skip you. Fucking, it all applies to you. All right, so here you go. As this particular creature gets into the 70s and the 80s and begins to procreate and have sons himself, here's the kicker, boys. He has a, he has a couple of competing voices, voices competing for his, the control over his intent, let's say. What does he want out of this? You know, what, is, what kind of relationship, what kind of outcome, what kind of, what the fuck is he doing having children? You're well into the beginnings of, you know, a formalized antinatalism at this point. If not, walking in the West Coast for sure. And I would imagine this was the case in the, the liberal enclaves elsewhere that you're getting already into the overpopulation and um, environmental you know looming catastrophe sort of business look around you I mean were they wrong were they fucking wrong the technocrats were that was in the 30s dude the 30s is when the technocrat um and Hubbard and these guys fucking peak oil were operating. 
here you go. This particular father figure knows that there's a there's a feminized voice in his head which is saying, you know, you need to make sure that you tell your son that he's loved. And if you don't love that motherfucker, I'm going to divorce you and fucking take everything. Okay? So you're doing what the fuck I say. In large part, this again is the case. Whether you fancy yourself, you know, a real fucking... Uh, I don't know, dandy fucking old South sort of fellow or not. I mean, do you think for a second that that dog shit uh, was holding strong as the massive waves of pussy opened up across the planet? Shut the fuck up. All We're still here. You're fucking 50 or damn near born into this shit and you still want to pretend like that was there or it's there now jive ass okay so this is the reason you are the way you are not you the warhorse listener you understand I am constantly wading through the you and the I and the fucking royal and I'm reverting to the royal almost always uh, I doubt that there are any obese fucking listeners to this podcast unless they are simultaneously just freak uh, masochists as well so I'm saying this to the world, you know, from a, a 12-year-old fucking diesel truck parked by some dumpsters. Anyway, there's two things happening in the boomer male mind, dude, at that, at that time, and it, it was decisive. One is this feminized voice that's reminding him, like, you were a child. Did your dad tell you that you were loved? No. Okay. Do you feel a lot of, you know, love and closeness to your father? Um, he's okay. I know. I know he loves me. I think that's pretty standard. Yes, you have your outliers. <gasps> I was beaten fucking real, you know. How many people were actually beaten versus how many people want to fucking get your sympathy and victim card out of that shit? I don't know. But it's been my experience that it's, it's, um, Usually not presented quite uh, quite how it was. Now the other voice is not something like oh patriarchal you know vestige of uh, God given order. Fuck up, dude! That shit's sailed seven hundred years ago. What is there is once again a pattern, a mold, a psychological fucking structure that was inlaid and, and if never confronted, must be by, by energetic levels of law, okay? In the way that your thought is not really, what is it? Oh, well, there's, a, there's the world of mind. Nah, it's not exactly what I think they're talking about, buddy. It's not as if your thought is on the other side of the subconscious and it's just waiting to kind of sneak through that, that peephole. What we experience as thoughts is energy. And we are only given by the dictates and, you know, circuits, if you will, the structure of our makeup will certain thoughts or not be allowed through. 
This is this is actuality. You're not this is not fucking new ageism. This is that it, to to suggest to you the and implicate the power of such a pattern. Okay, so if you accept that that fact is true and you you accept that Okay, a pattern is inlaid. And this is a very... Com- this isn't you in control of it. This is the effects of the world, effects of the mother, effects of the siblings, effects of the grandparents, uh, the television, of course, and now the most evil of all, the fucking electric boogaloo, which is the internet, the screen. Man, boys, I gotta tell you, it's fucking hot in here but if I turn the AC on it's gonna suck for everybody gonna have to power through if I get a little feisty sometimes uh, you know when I don't have any fresh air I probably have to drink some water I might get angry I don't want to get angry right now okay stick with me listen to this mystery of water the mystery of the watercourse way what can i do with this mr robert sd rope you motherfuckers remember you realize this is like a 200 hour fucking novel yeah way at the beginning the watercourse way is where gurdjieff ospensky i'd go down the list i mean maximus the confessor krishnamurti lao Tzu. Y'all end up right here, boys. What is the mystery of the water? The mystery of the water may be that, uh, given enough time, it alone wears away the mold. Hmm. But what is the water? It's pretty well captured there with the phrase, you know, the dude abides. And that shit is not easy. Okay. So this boomer father is looking at you, the royal you, the son, me, this generation, the generation that has not even really, even at now, many of, gen- of us, Generation X, is into our 50s. I am not quite there, but um, how much power have they grabbed? Well, according to the latest stats I looked at, boomers still control... Um, nearly 70% of the total wealth. A good 20%, 22 or something like 21, it has supposedly, you know, I think a lot of this is on paper, frankly. I think a lot of this is um, Silicon Valley bullshit. But supposedly, an entire, you know, all of their children have managed to scrape together 20%. Okay? And you sad fuckers behind us you know, you're dealing with less than, uh, quite a sight less than 10. Seems germane to the conversation. So, there's this issue once again, okay, of the projection. This is my son. I am a piece of shit. I am, I am filled with a sort of shame and I live my life in this kind of 
illusion where my father ultimately did not do right by my mother. And so I am going to spend what psychic currency I have in adulation, in pedestalizing the female in various ways. This can be a daughter, can be a woman on TV, can be a mom, you know, etc. whatever. It really doesn't even have to, it, and it, oftentimes, this is most crystal clear obvious when not applied to an actual human, when applied to something like a universal uh, abstraction, generalization, you know, feminism in general, some bullshit like this. Oftentimes these people, as you know, will be the biggest sacks of shit um, that you can possibly run into. Why are they such sacks of shit? Well, because they have... To say they they have forsaken honor or loyalty is completely inaccurate. It's that they were born into a situation where the honor and the loyalty were they were mentioned, but as as quick as it came out of the mouth, it was eroded by some other force. And the competing forces of really commerce incentivized in myriad ways a sort of re-allegiance, a, a faulty, you know, cucked, self-effacing a sacrifice for nothing whereas before the sacrifice to honor and loyalty is a sacrifice to the son in the sense that every relationship between every man is necessarily and always will be a recreation of you can say yes the primal the ideal the original father and son would have you get go full filioque with it if you want but I don't I think that most people that do this I will not name names will nine times out of ten have major issues with daddy and it isn't even that these issues are like well again like oh well you whooped me as a child and, and cut my nipples or whatever like <laughs> no dude you're just kind of a whiny bitch and he's kind of a whiny bitch and neither one of you have the sack to, to confront any of this and just fucking air it. It's truly, in the end, we are, we're, we're just on a razor's edge between the most absurd comedy possible and the most tragic fucking tragedy ever imaginable. It's no wonder you know, that you cannot have Dan Aykroyd now. You cannot have Chevy Chase. You cannot even have a real Steve Martin. Fuck Eddie Murphy. Not even a fuck. No way are you going to get any Eddie fucking Murphy right now. But I'll tell you what. We're going... And you, you don't even get this. You don't even get Vince fucking Vaughn. Great comedic timing. I, you know, it looked like for a minute there he was going to kind of transition into a Chevy Chase sort of... Nope. Too many, too much uh, sack on Vince Vaughn. What we're gonna do is order up the biggest tranny fags possible, replicate them, and then clone Seth Rogen's. I guess like the 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 hollowed out slime mold of gray matter that has adhered to his cranium. There's no fucking brain in this 
this he's a scumbag I'm just leave it at that none of that because with that you could absolutely start managing some shit and it takes a movement you know you can uh, Owen Benjamin you know uh, the fucking uh, Joe Rogan they make fun of each other they hate each other oh you say Jew but you don't say Jew dude uh, concentrate all of the you know the the alive wire out of the two of you in terms of humor there you know I think uh, Owen Benjamin's actually a better musician than he is a comedian I mean the dude stumbles on a on a on a fucking chuckler every once in a while but when was the last time Joe Rogan made a joke that was at all funny I don't know it's got to be a decade or more and this is the case with virtually all of them. It cannot be done alone. Do you see what the fucking real problem is with your manor bund, with your plans, and with your fucking ammo? Do you see what the the idea of like some this this shit comes out like new founding? I notice. Hey, let's check this out. This is interesting. So these guys are making a network of quote based companies searching for based employees you know we're not we don't what what exactly is based about this um the hr is managed by a gay man i mean jesus fucking christ have you ever had your hands dirty in your life the point is not even that the point is do you understand the fucking stakes that are that are in play they're way past in play bro in a in a a matter of months, there is more than enough um, human resource material, let's say, come over that border, flown in, brainwashed, propagandized, to, again, in probably another matter of months, if you have some intelligent architects pulling the levers as opposed to absolute dipshits which is what we, we've basically survived on the fact that these are betters you know the leads are seemingly retarded so fucking stupid you could read books that we put out and come up with better plans about how to fucking fleece us and hoodwink us you dumb shits but if any piece of that very tenuous balance is altered oh man why, oh man? Well, because the honor and the, the loyalty, the camaraderie, the kinship, the, the projection, okay? this In practical terms, this doesn't come down to just giving a white guy a fucking job. What it comes down to is a, a sense of controlling yourself. This is why this entire podcast supersedes all other fucking survival podcasts all other collapsnik bullshit. You can th- throw money at it. You can throw your, you know, I went to DHS fucking, um, you know, rural hazard training and I got an EMT cert and fuck the liberals. Great. That's, that's a fucking really good start for someone whose brain has atrophied and um, is is pretty much half a retard 
in order to affect something like the the power of humor or the power of music or or anything else uh, which has real power it has to be affected through a type of legitimate interconnectivity and the only way that this isn't going to organically reemerge in a grid down fucking civilizational collapse dude I'm going to give you a secret. I don't like talking about the fucking book much, but it was so goddamn obvious. But I knew even as I wrote the book that if I didn't make this, if I didn't literally put a neon fucking sign over this character, nobody would know what the fuck is happening here. And I have had seemingly intelligent people query me about this thing. And they don't fucking have any idea. There's a character, right, in King of Dogs, Munley. Munley Munley. Munley is, uh, you know, named after a guy who really lives in this world. Not after him. I just stole his name. And he is half an albino himself, but he's incredibly creative. Probably a shit lib, but I like the guy, and he makes interesting music. That's where Munley's fucking name. It's actually, but I changed it to Munson, okay? And I told you he's a fucking albino. He's an albino in the book. And yet this albino is the point of betrayal for the kickoff of the entire rest of the novel. Isn't that right? If you read the book, you know this. That's not really a spoiler. If you haven't read it, God, you're an asshole. Just read the fucking book. Spent 10 years, sweat, blood, and fucking tears, live goddamn wire like you haven't even seen in your life on that fucker. Cost $20, and it's free to put a fucking review up. This is the type of shit I'm talking about. If one man affects a true thing in this world, unless every other man worth a shit picks up on that, and despite whatever your your you know your quibbles with me, your or and I'm just going to take me as the example, and I'm not even the best example, I'm sure, uh, or the most powerful or anything, but take it as we're going to take it as an example that I'm intimately familiar with, right? It's my fucking life. If you don't take this, not necessarily and simply on, that's the whole point, right? Do white people make these sort of in-group racial decisions? Well, yeah, yeah, they do, but they they can't, in the modern world, you know, this is uh, verboten or whatever. And what do we, what, what has the conservative always, well, it's about meritocracy. Okay. So if that is fucking true, what book came out in the past 15 years other than literally, you know, from the greatest novelist of all time, Cormac fucking McCarthy, or the, one of the second greatest, Elroy. And I think that King of Dogs is on that same level as Elroy. It's been compared, it's been fucking set next to Dostoevsky on certain people's shelves. On Harold Bloom's? Who gives a fuck what Harold Bloom says? Who gives a fuck what your neighbor says? Who gives a fuck what your mommy says about it? Do I give a fuck what my mommy said about it? Fucking no, I don't. But as mentioned, I have been kicked in the goddamn balls and face and mouth so many fucking times since the age of about 17. It has been a constant because this is how I'm built. I'm not going to go ahead and learn. And you can get it, you know, you can subtract and divide the rest of this conversation regarding boomers and Xers, and you could figure out, you know, well, how, how did somebody like that get 
fucking generated at all. I mean, let's not pretend that, that this is the point of the podcast, but you can figure it out. And the point is, if I take this route of meritocracy and the only thing that ever will how do you say you know what I'm saying if I take it from the point of meritocracy and you simply revert to the power of the dollar who the fuck won here how is that loyal, you stupid fuck? It doesn't have to be about the cross. Does blood supersede the cross? Does meritocracy supersede? Nothing super... Well, you know, it depends at what point the newosphere begins and, you know, your actions kind of wind out. Because in a trench, you will call on Jesus for sure. But unless an angel comes down, you are still working your weapons. You follow? Kind of a shitty analogy or a mixed uh, bit of metaphor there. But I'm tracking it. This game of projection. I don't think that the boomer father really even had... I mean, some of them did handle it, let's be honest. Some of these dudes... Whether it was the right dose of acid on the full moon, you know, surrounded by uh, the perfect complement of evil and beneficent fucking witches, I don't know. Whether, you, but a few did. And a few were like, eh, I don't really have any roots for this idea, but I'm just going to go with the notion that my son is my son and I'm going to fucking back him. And I'm, I'm okay whether or not you all think you're pieces of shit and you're going to build a world to reflect that. You're going to project that out into the world. And then even if you didn't build the goddamn strip mall, even if you didn't fucking patronize the fucking strip mall, did you blow the strip mall up? No. Did you even bitch about it? Will you even be the annoying person at the party about it? No. For the most part, that all of those characters are fantastically few. Yeah. Yeah. So look the fuck around. If we are... Well, I have to finish this thing. Okay, so the projection of the boomer, the boomer male father figure is locked into uh, from all sides and then he had to deal with this addition of what became the so-called longhouse bro like he had no preparation for that almost no almost no boomer has any handle on any of that shit and over time without that interconnectivity Oh, well, it's all about the church. It's going to be Bitcoin monasteries. It's going to be, I mean, dude, no, it doesn't. It has to be your buddy. You need like one or two fucking pals who uh, hear you out and give you, you know, something that they didn't get from some fag, some, you know, closeted butt plug, uh, weird bearded dipshit on the internet, but just 
get it, and pulled it out of common sense and fucking reflected it back to you. This isn't that fucking hard. And the mystery of this, you know, psychological net isn't that fucking hard. (sighs) The father believed that he was a piece of shit. So what does he think his spawn is going to be but a piece of shit? And there is, okay, now here's a bit of uh, something you won't hear from the red pill crowd. It is true that a woman makes... If she believes that her man is a piece of shit in her heart, that will ultimately come to fruition. In one, He may be made of money. I, I heard you. That's your measure of success and fucking character, isn't it? You degenerate fucking piece of shit. You fucking dog-humping motherfucker. Can it ever be anything other than that? Well, that's the, that's the fucking issue, dude. What buys, what grants, I mean, I gave it away, but (laughs) what grants the power to determine life and death now? It is not Camp 38. It is not the AR-15. It was not the, the electric guitar and the mythology of, you know, King Arthur being subconsciously and and the fucking round table being brought forth you buy it you know that and I know that you buy it you do not earn it you don't earn it by getting a badge and being a good guy you don't earn it by being a certain psychological profile and joining the CIA it's all for fucking sale and you can continue to go down this road of saying, well, I guess, you know, gotta, you, you're literally saying, I've got to join them in order to beat them. Dude, the inertia of this thing has, is charted and it's damn near, it, it's damn near at its end. Okay, well, Andy, well, fuck it. I'm just going to try and get it. Go ahead, dude. If somebody wanted to hand me at $2 or $200 million, I'm taking it, of course. That's not the goddamn point. The point is, who among us has absorbed the totality of a situation and comported, uh, conformed their theology, their philosophy into something communicable? And something that allows for like coherent circumscription of all of this shit. Well, a symbol's a symbol, buddy. But in the end, you know, it's just about the cow eating the grass. So really, what I do is I grow grass. I'm not so much a rancher as I'm a grazier. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm somebody who harnesses the sun. I'm kind of Apollinian in this way. I'm. Fancy myself a bit of a throwback, maybe, to Roman or other times. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's not going to work out too well, bro. The grass grows fine by itself. Yeah. The fuck is Andy talking about now? 
what Andy is talking about is that this man, this father, is this henpecked, you know, figure, Ebenezer clung. Don't don't be that. It's easy once you see it to cease the projection. It takes some work, uh, and it takes the work that I've described in this podcast. And it's the only thing that's going to... This notion of a warrior's way and such practices and act of power and what have you, as Augustine himself said, this shit's been around way, 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 way longer than 2,500 years. And that's one... um, you know, beautiful manifestation of it. And I've said it myself, that may very well be like this meteor that hits somewhere on the timeline, but um, the ripples go 360. And so I see no... I, dude, we're, we're in the year, we're almost in 2024, and we're still arguing, uh, you know, we're, oh, I'm a pagan, or I'm, I mean, what the fuck ever, dude? Be as orthodox as you want, pagan as you want, fucking dude. I okay, so I have moved around in the past six years constantly, and I've been to a ton of orthodox churches. Not one of them, not one, has ever come through with something even like now. You would say, like, why do they have to get you a job? I didn't even ask, I just said, you know, in this case, looking for work or whatever. I have not even come across a person who will say, hey, I'm happy to ask around for you. How's that for loyalty? How's that for honor? Huh? And that's, you know, I mean, there are a few other churches maybe with less uh, history or what have you, thinking here of my friends, the Mormons, who, yes, I'm sorry to say, Jim Bridger did best the all of you, including your your founder doesn't mean I don't like you. I do like you. I've always liked you. Always will. Um, but you know, and I'm I'm giving you guys some credit. It's one of the few sects that fucking gets it at all. Uh, how are those pagans doing? <laughs> how you think they're doing? Grooming. Fucking child rape. Fucking just make some more garage, you know, fucking iron runes, and I'm sure that Odin will fucking manifest here any day. It it won't be honor, and it won't that honor. The whole fucking point of this is that to speak of honor and to speak of sacrifice and loyalty, you are only speaking of your son. And if you are not, then you aren't speaking at all. You are completely full of shit. And if that is not impenetrable between you and your son, then the only thing you need to do is shut the fuck up, meditate, move your shit, provide, and when that is fucking rock solid, you can probably, you know, move out from there, I suppose. But my suggestion is, or my observation, okay, I'm not really, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not, I hate the fucking idea of like, you go on the internet and every motherfucker has repackaged Sun Tzu and monetized it, okay? I have not monetized it. I don't even know how to monetize anything. And I'm, I really didn't create anything. I'm an observer. 
and a sort of reporter, you know, fucking novelist without a novel. What did Gardner say? I think it was Gardner. A novelist's job is just basically to report on the rise and fall of values. There you go, motherfucker. How's that for a fucking novel? These values fell 75, 85 years ago. And so to speak of honor and to speak of this sense, we need to bring back honor. That's the fucking problem. Well, no shit. But going out in the woods with your buddies and shooting and shit and going to the gym will not do it. Well, that's all you got to do. You just need to make a, a club and a natural... No, motherfucker, it doesn't. That's why it does not work. That's why for 20 fucking years I heard the same shit and we were in a much worse position now than we were. By the way, I was laying in bed the other night and I had a fucking freak out uh, in an, another one of these manic, you know, dumps in the past episode. Did I actually say magnitudes of order or did I pull it together and say magnitudes of magnitudes upon mag- orders of magnitude? I cannot remember. There you go. Ashamed of myself. The reason that you have to approach it yourself is because the world will not bend to, you know, it. you can find people of like mind and support them and that's neat and that's friendly and good and I, yeah, absolutely. But the point about being a man and not showing your emotions or being, you know, that's the simulacrum, dude. That's the fucking, that's literally on the screen, man. The man with no name. Laconic, you know, high plains drifter, right? The loneliness projected outward onto that character and then the kind of uh, that residue, you know, there's like a residue, almost like an anti-ectoplasm or something of the screen. We've spoken of this before where you meet somebody and they're like doing their best Tyler Durden impression. They even use the same lines. It's just fucking pathetic. It's, it's rampant too. It's not just one one-off sort of thing. It's harder to notice now that television has homogenized. You know, the characters have become so similar. I mean, black, white, Asian, whatever. It's all going to be the same words. I don't care. Okay. But that, that this is a testament to the idea that you better get on it. We all better fucking get on it real, real goddamn quick. Where do you get on it? I mean right there once again Hallmark wins you know start with yourself when you really love yourself it's going to all work out no it's more like when you're able to um, account for some meaning within an ocean of sorrow and then 
find a way to communicate to your son, you, the father. The rest are not relevant. Can you have, can you be a father figure? Yeah. Yeah. Can you, but how are you going to do that without honor? How are you going to do that without recognition of the elder or the younger, what have you? You're not. You're not going to do that at authentic Mexican cuisine if you get my drift. It won't work in a homogenized, like an ethos, an ethos, an ethos, ethos of uh, this, this lukewarm, you know, everybody's the same, everybody, no. That's the most horrendous about all of this shit. I, you know, you can take away America, you can take away the 50s, you can take away rock and roll even. That's saying a lot for me. But when you've reached this point where the meat unit really is a meat unit, um, damn. One second. Then we got problems. So you're in this situation. You grew up and you didn't understand that this guy is totally infallible. Or, or I mean fallible. 100% fallible. And he's living in a shame box. And the prism is going to reflect out. And you're going to, as the kid, basically presume a whole bunch of shit. You cannot money your way out of this. You cannot talk your way out of this. You cannot even... You know, they say be an example, and that's true. You have to actually serve in the sense that I posted this up the other day for your multimedia folks. Uh, Once again, you know, five to six second, no, five to six breaths, excuse me, per minute. No major pauses. You can't do this and talk, obviously. But you can get damn close and do the Jesus prayer. You can get damn close and do all these other mantras in every fucking religion. You can recalibrate your actual fucking being, which is the only lever lever into this, is not therapy, is not money, is not buying your kid shit, is not fucking buying them even experiences. It's not even homeschooling them. It's not feeding them whole milk, raw milk, fucking chocolate milk. None of that shit is ever going to take the place of this thing. All you're going to get is some ability to say, well, I guess I did my best. But you didn't because you listened to this fucking podcast. And my desperate voice is going to haunt you until the last motherfucking day of your life if you don't do this. If you don't fucking figure this shit out. And if I don't, that's the job. That's what I think the job is. Sweaty fucking Andy in the middle of this metropolis. If you haven't been to Phoenix, holy shit. It's indescribable. Yes, I'm texting. Now I'm done. What you can do is, here's where, you know, I've said before, we have the constant theme here. If you shy away from this shit because you've uh, ab- ab- absorbed that 
strange anti like jejune slime from the simulacrum you know well that's not how Clint Eastwood did it and that's not how my buddies uh, in the Manor Bund or in my squad or on the team or at work do it or the guys on Twitter do it that's not I mean there's plenty of you know true shit that goes at, you know at, even at authentic Mexican dishes there's there's nutrition there but you can do everything else and still fail but if you do this one thing, you could skip almost everything else. Almost. Can you be a degenerate fucking pimp turd? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Stick with me, man. The, the mold is made of the shame. The mold, the alienation that people talk about, the the white disunity that literally is going to bring about an extinction on the fucking planet, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's really going to come down to that. I mean, you're right about that much. What you're not right about is every fucking attempt that I've ever heard to apply a solution that will fucking work. You are surveilled up in your, you're at, you fucking from your mouth to your asshole 24 seven. You have been for probably 20 fucking years. You think that shit's going to lighten up? This is the only, this is the real forest passage. This is the only one. This is the motherfucker he's talking about. Can you also go into the forest and I don't know, maybe do some caches, dude? Maybe stick your fucking, you know, have a knife fight with your bros out there. Fucking who gives a shit? Do you have a son? Do you have a son? Well, no, I, God gave me daughters. I think that you missed the point. Because once again, this reappropriation stuff, the point where it gets ah, a little touchy-feely almost. I don't know if you really like that. Do you think maybe they, they make it fucking gay so that you'll back off of it? How hard would that be to see? Ah, wow. You got to be a diabolical genius to figure out that one, right? There could never be a fucking conspiracy. I mean, we're talking about 210 IQ to figure out that, Andy. Even though you, a fucking ranch hand sitting in a truck in the outskirts of this desert shithole near Christmas, uh, you know, could just pull it out your ass. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're right. They never would have thought of that. They never would have thought that if they shut down the father from, ex yeah, expressing his, his basic truth, like, that's uncomfortable. Stop fucking doing it. You're talking too much. Could you be quiet, please? No, I don't want to spend another fucking thousand dollars on that shit that didn't work out last time. I want instead for you to look at your heart. I want to lead you. I want to be the priest of this house and admonish you to realize these simple truths. The sense of you in this, in the, I, that such that there is any you is only accessed through this fucking musical rhythm native to and the central nervous system which is 
malformed due to years of abuse and mistreatment. And the good news here, whoever the fuck dad's talking to, is that in months, in mere months of of maybe 40 minutes a day, let's call it an hour, okay, one hour of your day in mere months, you can do so much correction and this will contain so much fucking power that you will never need to really be disciplined or, you know, I won't, I won't have to ride your ass to fucking do the work. And that's what happened with Gen X, isn't it? Damn, I liked how that just kind of came back around. Fucking A, sometimes it works, you know? The story with Gen X was you're lazy as fuck. You're the grunge. You're the don't want to work. You're the fuck it. Don't give a fuck. Now, I will say that of all the generations, the survivors are in Gen X. All of the memes about being left to not just, oh yeah, we they, the boomers got to run around. Were there any predators? No. Did you ever run into any? No. Did you ever have to deal with any of that fucking... No, you fucking blowhards. You didn't do shit. But you sure as fuck just threw us out the back window so that we could sort it out. And that's who the fuck we are. So, I think that at the beginning of this project, there came a moment, and I've never been able to quite say it in a way that where I don't too, I too don't feel like well I don't know it's a little touchy-feely a little gay man is anyone going to want to actually do that and uh, this is the idea that it, it, it lends itself in every way to the portal to the margin to tools such as you know the AR and these these various tools that I think lay out at the edge of the perimeter. What the fuck is this, dude? It's wood. It's got these strings. I plug it into this thing. Holy fuck, it's rock and roll. What is this, man? This fucker will just run and run. I just put these little bullets in here. I can kill whatever the fuck I want. It's affordable. It's accurate. It's reliable. It's fucking bad to the bone. I want five. What the hell is this? Well, this is Camp 38, son. This is probably the only, but it may be one of of several models for preserving honor in an organized society with trade and commerce and all this other stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's way out there at the fucking edge. You're not going to get there by running franchises. You're not going to get there by fucking sitting on Twitter. You're not going to get there by reading, you know, the latest pagan uh, grooming fucking book. You're not going to get there, sorry, by reading the latest uh, reinterpretation of Lasky or whatever the fuck uh, the Orthodox world puts out. It's It's none of it is, again, I said at the beginning, the minute you compartmentalize it, the minute you need to adhere to the label, you're fucked, you're fucking up. And all of this becomes instantly simple and easy when you unravel the central nervous system. Because what the education system did was that. It learned helplessness is at root this desire to seek some fucking extant answer. Already proved. Well, I can make money with that, Andy. That saves money. It's good for commerce. Okay, go open your fucking franchise, jackass, while your son wanders out into the world. Well, I provided. I provided handsomely 
and I, I did read all of the latest, you know, very edgy and dissident uh, thought on this. Uh, we homeschooled our kids, and it still didn't work. Well, what the fuck? Do you think it's because you are an asshole who will not look in the fucking mirror and really be a man by saying, this is how my father treated me, but I refuse to actually do this. I refuse to, I, and it's simply, it is Christian. In the end, I'm going to afford you the humanity of your brokenness. And I'm going to understand, Father, that you were broken and that I too was broken. And I'm going to even time my heart such that the communication that I have with my son may not, you know, I may not be able to teach him Nietzsche or who gives a shit. This is, fuck Nietzsche compared to this. Fuck you. Yeah. This is more utilitarian, more useful, and I'm sure Nietzsche would pat me on the fucking back and say, my God, I want to steal your wife. You cannot do any of that without a practice. Without a practice that becomes itself the basis of your day, your life. And from there, you derive your own value. And your system of value elaborates itself. Do you want to know this? Do you want me to help you? Fucking go on the goddamn website. I will help you do this. I will even tell you if you need to know. How do, how do I know this is true? How did you fucking... Of, you know, I, I'm looking around and I, I'm thinking in a city of 4 million. I don't think there's anybody else that would... Uh, package this up for you the same way. I don't want to package anything up. I don't want to market anything. I don't want to be a life coach. I don't, but yeah, I have to provide for my children. And I just so happen to have arrived at this sort of deal with myself that says, well, I suppose that if I just try and tell my own, tr you know, the, my truth, as the girls say, uh, what, how I got here, like what, what did you really do? And what did it amount to? Well, it amounted to that one thing that I can time my heart to my son and that I will die on that hill, not the tranny hill, not the Mexican hill, not the fucking America hill, not the fucking art hill, no fucking hill but that so that I can communicate the reality of the situation. That's your grandfather. That's your, that's your great-grandfather. I am your father, and you are in this position. And you will receive these sorts of projections. And you have the latitude to express your read on that. And you, you are saddled. Whether I told you this or not, you were saddled into this. And I will give you this. I will give you a real leg up in the world. I had somebody say to me one time, well, you can tell if somebody's highborn. What the fuck are you talking about? You just, and I thought about that and I'm like, you just mean that they were born with money. I suppose people have their peculiarities. But I would never in my... I mean, maybe I just don't watch enough fucking fantasy shows and fucking 
you know, uh, smack my balls with the uh, the video remote controller or whatever the dipshits are fucking using. But to actually try and use that in a grown-up conversation with the idea that there is such a thing anymore or maybe ever was the most mind-boggling piece of dipshittery that I've encountered in probably five or six years. Pure weapons-grade LARP cope and cover-up for the fact that being a fat sack of shit and not being an example for your son is one thing. But presuming yourself the sovereign over reality at that level where honor in the margin, in the newosphere, in the place where there has to be a moral dimension... says it all dude because out of shame well if pride goeth before the fall yeah it does dude and pride is the mechanism to cover up shame that's what it is and the Christians say that you're broken from the get go you know I mean we're all broken that's what I don't give a shit about your original sin whatever it doesn't matter that part's true everybody's broken the rest of it you know I'm trying to lay down the best observations I have, uh, maybe pertinent to you, maybe pertinent to your friend. I, uh, and it takes a while to get there because I don't think that anybody responds very well to... I think that if you know you don't like to hear somebody's voice, if you don't think, can't hear your own oblique angles, right? You're judging me at those oblique points. Well, he knows about Twin Peaks. Oh, that was that was actually kind of funny. Well, he, he is consistent. Or whatever the fuck it is. I, how the fuck am I going to know? Unless I homogenize the world, I make it uniform, and I boil out the essence of what Andy has, repackage it, and then put it in the Hallmark franchise, how the fuck does anybody know? This is why John Taylor Gatto said, the real America was 10,000 or 10 million political economic experiments individual systems of value you're still alive and whether you have a son or not you are the son you have the you you have the I I don't believe in this bullshit about you know manifesting stuff not quite sure with the prosperity gospel or whatever. I just, I don't care. I, it's like, I hate to, I hate to <laughs> give the devil credit, but you know that point in Rattle and Hum, I think it is, where Bono is up on his high horse about San Salvador or whatever. Pelting the women and children. Pelting the women and children. Really a good album. And there's some, I mean, grade A cuts on that. But he says something like, pardon me, sir, but I don't, but the God that I serve isn't short on cash, mister. You want to know why 
they win. There you go. Work that shit out if you're the priest of the house, motherfucker. Yeah, I think Bono is a fucking piece of shit CIA asset just like you. And, you know, maybe somebody smarter than him gave him that line before the show. Or maybe he repeated it at every show. Who cares? So the real question here is what the fuck does all this have to do with James Hurley and Laura Palmer? (sighs) James Hurley is James Dean. Laura Palmer, James Dean came at a certain point, right? He's the introduction of this sort of, the rebel that's going to mask the shame. He's just going to cut loose, going to get on the bike and outrun it all, which is exactly what James Hurley does. He has no mother, he has no father. His mother's actually a whore, which you find out later. And Laura's a whore. And there's a moment between these two that's, it's, stunningly beautiful if you understand it in the pristine woods at the edge of her death where she's sold where she is and James is trying to not be the pimp you know Jacques if you recall Renault is the pimp and he's pimping her into a, a literal other dimension you know this is how she winds up in the Black Lodge with her soul fractured evidently for eternity or maybe not you know maybe she's the savior through this fracturing all that shit is in play for sure and James Hurley you note in season three sort of has a doppelganger recurrence it's as if this character is not resolved this is the the child of Andy and Lucy comes back and he's just I mean they call him uh, his name's Marlon right he's 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 playing the part from uh, what is it Streetcar Named Desire Marlon Brando and you're stuck in a way, you're stuck in this moment from the 50s, from, from this moment of emancipation on the one hand and this ejection out of the world. Okay, so she's the, the, the becoming. She's taking on a new power. In this fracturing, she, she has sort of gained immortality. You find this out later in the movie. There's a fucking guardian angel. And later, you know, she's, she tells you in season three, I think, I am both living and dead. In season three as well, there's the imagery uh, implicating her in some sort of sacrificial Christ-like role. Meanwhile, the male figure here is sent off, you know, he, he, he ejects himself. This would be the Gen X character, but it's sort of the culmination of that original fracturing from 1946. When the electric guitar is looming at the edge of the margin. When the AR-15 is 
taking shape, let's say. And this, this figure has morphed, you know? It's gotten homogenized such that rebellion has become nothing. You know this. The greatest, most ironical fucking part, you know, rage against the machine. Fuck you. I will do what I, I will do what you tell me. That wasn't even just in my lifetime. That's just, I mean, in the past 20 fucking years. Presumably I still have like another half of life to go or nearly. Just like that. Turn the fucking corner. Years after the first Twin Peaks was put out. And this this rebellious character there's many ways to read it. You know, well, does he really, 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 really need to rebel? Bro, I don't think so. That's my read on it. If you go to season three, James Hurley is still in Twin Peaks. He's got a shit job. And he's kind of like an usher, a bit player, but critical in that he brings in the magic. The English kid with the green fist, right? Who finally, like, whatever magic is in this fist beats Bob, beats the demon back in. And I'm not trying to suggest that there's, you know, this uh, magic fucking, or like mythical sacred reed embedded in all this. It's not really how these things work. How much closer is something like that, though, than what Rod Dreher puts out? Discuss amongst yourselves, right? My read on James Hurley, I suppose, necessarily sort of deviates away from what we do know in the limits of that story, like the narrative limits. There's probably more to James Hurley. Maybe I could read the fan fiction or what have you, but... I also don't think, let's just say, so I don't think more rebellion, and I don't think like returning to um, the 50s. Like, I don't really believe in that. But in the way that David Lynch outsmarted all of them is the same way he lived his whole life. He just was like, yeah, that's right. Let's do that. Nope, not quite right. Do it again. Okay, try a little more. Yeah, that's it. And then five minutes later, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He's just winding his way through the dark. And he's good at it. And somehow, you know, he does wind up in this, James Hurley, I mean, in this father-son sort of relationship, doesn't he? And he listens to the story, the batshit crazy fucking story that the kid tells. Well, I was, I was fucking pissed drunk. I was in this alley and something fucking hit me. And I woke up and I was told 
by an angel or whatever to go to the store and there'd be a package of gloves, one of them was missing, and to buy it. So I did. And then go to America. So I did. No one else would listen to that story. It's the opposite of homogenation. It's the opposite of compartmentalization. It isn't that it's absurd. It's that we really have wound out to a place where all of our judgments are being made in this hall of mirrors of projection between father and son, son onto father. Well, that's what was done. That's right. I don't have a father, or I didn't like my father, so I'm going to find a fill-in on the fucking internet or in books. And your life winds away, and you adhered to the pattern. You fucking dumb shit. There's only one way out. There's only ever been one fucking way out. And that's in. So when I say that this is all fucking esoteric survivalism, that's not um, a misnomer. That's again, I'm trying to sell urns. Do you know how fucking bad I am at sales of all, of any sort of marketing of any of that? I just look at it and I say, I have cause for an urn. And every urn I see is an insult to my loved one. Well, I don't know. Is that what they call like a hole in the market? I guess I'll make some. But it never occurred to me like, hey man, people don't want to think about their own death. People don't want to think about other people's death. And if somebody's dead, they don't want to spend any money on them. That's the way of the world. See, that didn't occur to me until I was already ten or 15,000 bucks into the project of making these things that to me were like filling what I wanted. That's my individual system of value. Well, how's that working? I don't know, Jeffrey Tucker. I'll tell you the truth. Not real fucking well right now. <laughs> ah. Mises would not approve. I know. I, I think you're right. I never made any of my choices based on um, the advice or writings of such people. I think that's germane to the conversation. I mean to say that I do believe, though, that this is the way. <laughs> and this is what real survival looks like. Because as Tucker said recently, you know, the big thing here is progeny. I don't think you win anything. I told you a thousand times, there's a master game. I do think you have to play that part of the game, though, to get the whole out of life. Just like you... You know, you have to uh, be broken. And for some of us, I guess we have to be broken over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, and I just, I think maybe motherfuckers can't, ta can't take it. You know, That's sort of what I've, what I've always thought is, yeah, I can take it. If that's the road to wisdom, all right. 
<laughs> the fuck am I going to argue? I don't know, Andy. Maybe if you made better marketing decisions, you could just do what I did. You could get other people to do it for you. And then you read their book, you listen to the podcast, you extract the essence, the operative bit, and then you mass produce it. No, I don't think so. What I think Lynch is telling you in that scene is that there is a unity in the act of sexual love, if you will, and there's a demon or something like that lurking in the woods, which is just exactly what the fuck happens on the screen. And I think that those... The way she's dressed, the way he's dressed, this is a, again, neon fucking sign. He's telling you that something about that character and something about the, the way, this archetype, okay, that's the word I need, and her archetype, these, there's a spark there, but it does not fucking win the day. I ponder that a lot. And the foil, of course, here is mentioned in the same scene. Bobby killed a guy, she says. What are you talking about? Bobby didn't kill anybody. But we as the audience know Bobby did kill somebody. Just, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes earlier in the movie. He blew a motherfucker's brains out. And while this is not really even touched I you do pick up allusions to it in season three in the finale and you understand that it was here to the father that brought the jock archetype Bobby Briggs back into some semblance of a meaningful life he has a child his marriage didn't work out but it was Briggs who could rise above all of that shit. That was his spirit that was part in part his spiritual gift. And who likewise spent a lot of time away from home, didn't he? So you can you can listen to these dipshits on the internet tell you what a father really is, or you can go ahead and rewind this podcast this podcast and find out where you know, point it point it out to me. This is collaborative. I'm not wrong. I may have missed a few things. You can elaborate here or there if you want. But I know for a fucking motherfucking dead goddamn truth that the gist of what I'm telling you is the stone-cold, unadorned fucking fact truth. It's a long podcast. But it's the finale, and we'll wind... add up in the 12th much merrier lighthearted day of war horse until then my friends get your rich relatives to buy a fucking urn because they're gonna die and you know at least somebody loved them enough to put them in a really nice box or if you would buy the you know really good novel uh give that to your friends 
or just subscribe, which you probably do to the Warhorse, which I do appreciate. I appreciate all of it. And uh, let me know your thoughts. I will return soon. Adios, amigos. Thank you.